Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Really fun show today with Morgan Boland. This is someone I've been following on Instagram for a really long time, and she just has an awesome journey, a really, really fun vibe, and this was just a fantastic conversation. So we're going to get into it in a second. Also, big shout out to our sponsor today, Vacation Races. If you're looking to do a vacation, going somewhere really, really fun and exciting, whether it's domestically or internationally, there's no better place than Vacation Races. We got two different discount codes. Go check them out in the show notes. You also hear the ad in the middle of this podcast episode. Lastly, before we get going, what are you doing for your races in the fall? right? We're like five months away from the next bout of marathon season. This is the perfect time to be thinking about how you're going to be planning all of your training, your racing, and how you're going to handle that training in the summer months. And there's no better time to work with a coach. And I am here for you as a certified running coach, someone who, who works with McCurdy Trained, one of, if not the most uh, popular and biggest online running coaches services in the country. I'd love to work with you. So I've, I have a few open spots on my roster right now. So I want to make sure that I, I basically put out the bat signal, let you know if you're looking to run your best, not only up in this upcoming fall, but, you know, in the long term as well. Because, you know, as I've said many times in this show, you know, it's, it's one thing to train for a cycle, one block of training. It's a whole other thing to stack them year, you know, basically cycle after cycle, year after year. And that's exactly what I'm looking to do for you. So you can contact me just shoot me an email, ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com today. And I'd love to start working with you so you can achieve your goals. So let's get into it with Morgan Boland. All right, Morgan, welcome to the show. Hi, so glad to be here. You are one of my favorite Instagram follows. So cool. this was a long time coming. I was so excited to have you on the show. And when I saw you rip a new half marathon PR this past weekend, I was like, oh my gosh, like no time like the present. So first of all, congratulations on your new half marathon record. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, this is, I can't wait to talk about it. So, but, you know, just generally speaking, you know, what, what race was it? It was the um, She Runs GR, which is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, it's an all women's race, which is such a cool atmosphere. Um, it's just a half marathon and a 10K and a 5K, I believe. But yeah, all women's race, very, very cool, um, really beautiful. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> now, have you done that race before? I haven't. I really wanted to do it last year, but um, life was really crazy, so couldn't fit it in. And so I knew I wanted to do it this year and I was like, I'm doing it no matter what. And so I signed up and yeah, my first time doing it and I loved it. I'll be back for sure. Yeah. I think the whole idea of like, Hey, life is getting crazy. I don't know if I can make it happen. It's going to pretty much probably be the theme of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. That is for sure. As people know, we talk to, you know, parent runners all the time. Um, that is for sure. And, and figure out ways to make it work. You're doing it with three under the age of five, correct? Yeah. That's correct. Yep. <laughs> oh my it's gosh. Crazy. What ages specifically? I have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Oh my God. No, yeah. It's, it's bringing me back. I got two. <laughs> yeah. um, there aren't those ages any longer, um, yeah. but man, they are. It can be a handful and mm -hmm. you are one of the, the, the brave souls that does the, the early morning treadmill run. I can't wait to talk about that, but I guess, first of all, when did running become part of your life? Um, so I am one of those 2020 runners. I started running in like, it was like right before March of 2020. So like right, right around like February and I, um, got a treadmill for Christmas that year and I just wanted it to start walking and kind of just getting some movement in. And, um, yeah, so I just started walking on it and honestly, I just wanted it so I could have some alone time outside of motherhood. I had just had two kids within 12 months. I had Irish twins. Um, so back-to-back -back pregnancies, it was very overwhelming. I was dealing with a lot of postpartum anxiety and depression, and I knew I needed something for myself. And I felt like walking on the treadmill was a way to get in some movement and honestly watch TV, like watch shows that I don't normally get to watch. So I just started walking. And then eventually that walking just kind of turned into like some curiosity about running. Um, so I started running and then I ended up doing, um, a one mile a day May challenge. And so I did a mile every day in May. And at the end of that month, I 
um, ended up running six miles on the last day of May. And I was just so proud of myself for seeing something through for like the first time in forever. And, um, I just decided to keep going. And then I ended up being like, I'm going to train for a half marathon because that was pandemic times. And I was like, you know what? I got nothing better to do. <laughs> so that's what I did. And it just stuck. And I had the greatest summer ever training for that first half. So, so when you were battling that postpartum depression and anxiety, were you leaning on anybody to help you get through that? Or what, what were some of the ways that, you know, besides obviously getting the treadmill and, and being maybe a little bit more active, which is also a, a hard thing to do postpartum, you know, you know, post uh, postpartum, like what were some of the things that, that you leaned on? Cause that can be such a tricky situation. Oh yeah. It was so hard. And, um, I have, such a great support system. Um, I have my mom who is like incredible and my husband who is awesome. Um, and at the time my husband was a paramedic, so he was working 24 hour shifts and he was going back to school to get his bachelor's. So he was working, um, 24 hour shifts, four days on like four days off. It was really hard. Um, but my mom was unreal. I couldn't do any of this without her. And so she was definitely a huge support for me during that time and encouraging me. She's been such an encouragement since that time. I mean, she's the one that was like, she's always been there for me to be like, if you need to go for a walk, if you need to get, you know, away, like that was huge. Having that support system is what got me out of that, honestly. And you just mentioned that, you know, the, the, one mile a day mm-hmm. may challenge and, and seeing that through and kind of like a, a throwaway line. It felt like at the end uh, of that sentence, you said like, it'd been a long time since I actually like followed through on something, man, that like struck a chord with me as someone <laughs> that happens to like, I feel like 99% of my ventures. Mm-hmm. So what, tell me a little bit about that, just about like starting things, maybe not finishing them or you know, your history with that sort of behavior, because man, I feel like I could fill a whole three hour podcast with just my own. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. And honestly, until running, it was that for me that I just felt like I always had these ideas and things I wanted to do. And I just never stuck with them. Running has truly been like the one thing that I've been like, this is my thing. I want to see this through. And it just, it, it gave me something to work towards every day. And it made me trust myself again. I think as a mom, you can kind of lose yourself and lose that trust in yourself because you just feel like you're not doing the best every single day. And so when I, when I did that one mile a day, May, I had a clear goal every single day for myself. And as a stay at home mom, I feel like some days you feel like you get nothing done. You're busy all day long. You do all these things at the end of the day. You're like, what do I have to show for it? Really? You know, like the house is still a mess. It was a hard day with the kids. But when I did the one mile a day May, I was like, well, I got that one thing done today. And that was one of my goals. And I did that. And I think with running, it's just provided me that trust in myself again, that I can see things through. And that's been huge for me because it's allowed me to trust myself in other areas of my life too, like motherhood and, you know, other, other things. So it's been really great for me. And were you finding enjoyment in in the exercising uh, early on, or was it more just like, Hey, it's a way of separating myself from the kids, which we all need alone time. Lord knows sometimes we need more than others uh, at different parts of our life. Um, and it just like, again, getting something done or, or do you, did you find enjoyment at that time as well? Um, I think it was a little bit of both, right? I think I did enjoy it. Like I enjoyed the challenge of it. And I enjoyed also just honestly kind of zoning out and being like, this is totally separate from motherhood or thinking about all the, you know, challenges that are going on right now. Um, so yeah, it was challenging, but in a new way that kind of felt exciting. Like it kind of felt like a good challenge. Um, I just have always approached running this time around, like as an adventure and as an exciting challenge. And I've always just wanted it to be fun and not take it too serious. So I think even in the beginning, I had that mindset that like, I just wanted it to be something just for me that kind of challenged me in a way that just felt exciting and like, not like too much pressure or anything like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, when you think back to your, about your, like your athletic history, like what were you an active kid? Like middle school, high school, were you doing things? Not much, honestly. Um, in high school, I did like cheerleading for a little bit. wasn't my thing. My friends did it, and I just it was never my thing. And then tried lacrosse. Was it, was it not your thing because of the like 
the sport of cheerleading itself or just like the physical activity within it? I know cheerleading can be wildly different. Like my daughter's now in cheerleading. Oh, fun. She's 10, about to turn 11, but it's really just like group gymnastics. I mean, right. it's just, it's basically it's a gymnastics class with like a little bit of cheerleading in it and you can go kind of the other way yep. as well. So I did um, like sideline cheerleading for like football and stuff. And then I also did competitive cheer for like a year. And honestly, I just wasn't very good at it. I did not like the gymnastics aspect. It scared me. I'm not flexible at all. So just not my thing. Um, I did it mainly because my friends were doing it and they were really good at it. So I was just like, yeah, it's just like, I don't want to do like back handsprings and things. So I was like, it's not for me. And then I did lacrosse for a little bit. And I just remember we had to like run a mile one time at, in practice. And that was like, I just had such a bad relationship with running. Absolutely hated it. Um, always felt like it was impossible for me. And like everyone else seemed like they were just like effortlessly running. And I just, I just did not like it. And then in college, I had a roommate who would like wake up and go for runs. And I was just like, what are you, like, why would you ever do that? Like, I just don't understand. So I just honestly... Up until, I mean, my whole like early 20s, I didn't do any sort of movement or activity or anything really. Never had a set um, workout schedule, never really did a lot. Um, my first two pregnancies, actually, I was, I didn't do any type of movement. I was felt awful, honestly, and like very out of shape and um, definitely impacted my pregnancies and just feeling really bad. And then with my third pregnancy, while I was, I was already running at that point, completely different experience. I felt great and ran throughout my pregnancy. And so, yeah, it's just crazy. Running really changed everything. And I, yeah, definitely no athletic background really. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about running through the the third pregnancy. As you mentioned, just from a timeline perspective, you have a one-year-old, you started running uh, almost exactly three years ago now. Uh, so people can kind of do the math in their head about you know, when that all um, kind of comes to ple- comes to be. But obviously I'll just quick disclaimer. Whenever we talk about this, every single person's journey is different. Also everybody's each person's pregnancy is different. Yeah. So you can't even say like, hey, this person's, all their pregnancies are XYZ. They are all different mm-hmm. um, amongst one person, never mind, you know, extrapolating out to the broader community. With that disclaimer being said, what was it like for you in terms of you had this new hobby, you're really getting into it. It's becoming a, a bigger and bigger part of your life. You get pregnant, um, you get this, you know, the pregnancy starts to develop and all of that. How did you think about running early on, um, considering that you didn't run during the first two pregnancies? Yeah. Um, so I finished my, or I did my first half marathon, um, that year. And then I ended up getting pregnant in like January of that year. So it was pretty like close, like half marathon and then got pregnant. Um, and I did have a little bit, I do remember feeling a little bit like, Oh, what does this mean for my running? Like, am I still going to be a runner? Like I I was a little nervous, honestly, at first, like what that meant for me and, um, nervous that I was going to lose that piece of myself, um, you know, becoming a mom of three kids and having this pregnancy and things. Um, and I just really ended up taking it like day by day. And I was like, you know what, I will run and move my body as you know, each day. And if it feels until it doesn't feel right, you know? And so I would, I incorporated a lot more yoga and strength training and, um, things like that with my running. And I just, I never had like a set schedule with running when I was pregnant. I just did what felt good. And, um, I was fortunate that that felt good until I think I ran until maybe two weeks before I ended up giving birth. And oh, wow. yeah, so I ran right up until the end. And then I kind of switched over to walking and things. And I did a lot more treadmill running and things like that. Cause it was summer and it was hot and I just wanted to be safe and close to my house and things. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it made for definitely a different experience pregnancy wise. Um, I felt really good my entire pregnancy and, I was just, I felt really fortunate that I could keep that movement. And I did a lot more like run walking and things. And I just really tuned into my body and didn't push myself and just kept it really, you know, for, for the fun of it and things and not, not so much about like time or anything like that. It was always just to keep moving and keep my mental space good and things like that. So yeah, I was definitely fortunate though. That's great. Did you get any pushback from, from people like in your community or in your family and friends? Because again, you know, I, I hear stories about this kind of thing all the time. Everyone has their own 
opinions about what people should or shouldn't be doing with their lives. Especially considering for you, this was a new a new hobby and a new venture for you. What was that like? Maybe balancing that with some of the um, opinions you were receiving. Yeah, um, I actually feel like I got all positive feedback from people. I was yeah, I was so fortunate. I just remember we had like a local five k that summer, and my husband and I always run it with our our two other kids. And, um, he pushed the stroller and I ran next to him and everyone was so sweet. It was such a good memory. I actually did two 5k's that year and I got great feedback from everyone. Everyone was so nice and encouraging and like, Oh my gosh, you're amazing and things. And so that was, I was definitely very fortunate in that way too. And my friends and family were all like very proud of me. I ended up running like I think I in total did like 400 pregnancy miles and my friend had ended up sending me a gift because she was so proud. Like I just had a lot of supportive people around me. And yeah, even when I was out in public, I just got a lot of, you know, like way to go and things like that. So I think, um, yeah, I had a very positive experience in that way, thankfully, because I know it can go the other way. Now you're a burgeoning running coach. Um, now working through like, you know, you got your certification and you've really, you know, taking a deep dive into the running community. Also, you have a pretty good following on social media. So I'm sure you get these kinds of questions a lot. So when someone asks you or um, not even ask you a question, but more just like they, they, you know, bounce something off you in your DMs about like, hey, you know, but I want to run during my pregnancy, but I can't and stuff like that. And they're feeling that frustration. How, how do you discuss that situation with them, um, mm-hmm. I should say, you know, as we're talking about this, like your Instagram handles, like miles through motherhood, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's like, that is, you know, kind of your, your ethos and some, some yeah. of the things that you like to talk about. So when people, you know, hope to emulate maybe like, the, you know, the 400 miles in pregnancy or things like that, and this, they're not in a position to actually make that happen from a health perspective. Yeah. What are some of the conversations you have with those folks about that? Um, I think, you know, what I always encourage moms is to find if they can't run during the pregnancy, there's other types of movement that maybe they can do. You know, it might not be running, but it could be cycling or it could be swimming. Swimming is such a great way to get some movement in during, you know, your pregnancy. It actually feels amazing when you're pregnant to go swimming or um, strength training. I mean, you know, some light strength training is so, so, so important, actually more important than the running when you're pregnant, you know, because you want to keep that up and it just helps so much with the pregnancy. And then, Um, I did yoga and walking. I mean, walking is so powerful, especially when you're pregnant and it might not get, you might not get that same feeling that you get from running, but you kind of do have to just like change your mindset and just be like, this is a season. This isn't forever. This is where I'm at right now. And that's okay. Um, I might not be running, but I can get movement in. I can get outdoors through walking or, you know, other types of movement. And while it might not be exactly what we want, it's just a season and we just have to, you know, keep moving and moving in the ways that we can. Right. And I can also imagine them saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but Morgan, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a runner. I want to yeah. run and I feel like I'm going to lose all my fitness. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and then, and then who knows what's going to happen. How about just like beyond the, um, here are some recommendations for other things you could be doing, which are certainly worthwhile and definitely uh, I'm sure appreciated just from like the mental and emotional side. Again, I'm not, you're not a psychologist. We're not asking you to to play that role either, but you know, it's like when you're talking friend to friend, you know, that can be an important conversation to have too. Yeah. And I think too, like another important piece is even as someone who did run her whole pregnancy, coming back postpartum, you would think I never ran one mile. I mean, I think we're all starting from, you know, it's, it's hard regardless. So it's like you can run all those miles while you're pregnant and it may help postpartum, but it also may not, you know? So it's like, I think in the emotional part of it too, like you were saying, it's hard because you do feel like you might be losing that piece of yourself if you stop running while you're pregnant. And I had that fear when I got pregnant and I was like, Oh man, like, what does this mean for me as a runner? Like, does it mean like I'm less of a runner because I can't run as much or I'm not doing races or I'm not training for anything. And that emotional piece is hard. And I think honestly, just the biggest piece is just that it is just a season and you're not the runner that you want to be right now. And you can't be, but you just have to know that this is just a season of life. And this is just, once you, you know, have the baby and things you're going to, there's, life after this, right? There's, you know, there's a different runner on the other side of this. And that's part of this too, is, you know, I just came up on one year postpartum in October and 
it's just now that this first, this training block that I just did is the first one that I feel like, okay, I'm getting back to that 2020 runner that I felt again, it takes time, you know, and that's just part of being a mother runner is that we have all these different, you know, seasons of being a mother runner and where, what, it, what that looks like. And how were you able to deal with working through getting your body back as a runner um, with, you know, especially like once you were healthy enough to do it and you were clear to do it and like you were strong enough um, to do all of those things. And yet, like you said, like it took a while after that to really kind of get that feeling back. So what was that like for you as you were working through that process? It was tough. I mean, I remember going for those first few runs after having the baby or once I got cleared and everything. And I just remember thinking, Oh man, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. And this feels way different than I thought it would. Um, and I was kind of still a new runner. I mean, I'd only been running for like a year and part of that I was pregnant. And so I was like, I don't know what this was really supposed to feel like. And you know, what timeline I'm really supposed to be on or whatever, you know, running wise. And, um, it was kind of a, weird situation for me because I did end up training for a half marathon, not like right after baby and getting cleared, but um, quicker than I would like to. But I got an opportunity to run for charity for the New York City half. And so I ended up doing that. And I think I was like five or six months postpartum when the race happened. And I was so proud of that race and things, but I definitely wasn't, I didn't feel like I was totally back or anything like that. And I knew it was gonna take time. And I what I did, there were times I definitely felt impatient, like, oh my gosh, like I am not the runner I was in 2020. Am I ever gonna be that runner again? Or feel like this is, you know, effortless or whatever. But um I think I just took it day by day and I just kept at it and kept up with the strength training. And like I said, it wasn't until this last training cycle that I was like, okay, like I'm stringing together these workouts. Like all my kids are sleeping through the night finally. So I'm getting good sleep. And, um, and I felt like, okay, like we're building back, like we're getting back to ourselves and things. So. Yeah. And the way you described like just the uncertainty around the whole thing, I can, I can, you, you painted that picture really well. Um, as you're going through that uncertainty, were there certain resources that you were using to try to inform you or, you know, maybe, you know, runners that you were looking at who'd gone through a similar path or things like that? Absolutely. I think, well, I haven't even said this, but I started my running Instagram while I was pregnant, which is kind of a weird time to start your running Instagram. But honestly, I feel like it, helped me so much because the community was just so encouraging and so um, inspiring. Like the mother runners on there, seeing other moms that had their babies and where they're at now and that they're they're setting PRs and they're putting together these training cycles and things. Um, it was super encouraging for me. So I think having that running Instagram while I was pregnant gave me that hope, you know, that, okay, this isn't this doesn't mean this is over for me. You know, I can, I can get there. And so, yeah, I think just the running community was so inspiring and, um, connecting with those other moms on there and seeing that they, you know, it takes time to get back, but you can get there was really helpful. Yeah. Because as I mentioned earlier, and I'm sure we'll talk about, maybe we'll talk about it right now. Um, you're a morning runner. I maybe not every day, but it seems like it's it's the vast majority of days you're out there on the treadmill first thing in the morning, which obviously means that you're probably not, you know, even if you live in a great area from a running perspective, it's hard to engage with it. If you're at home raising three kids under five years old to the point where you have to wake up hyper early just to get a run in the first place. So what does your early morning routine look like? Actually, you know what? Stop that. What is the night before routine? <laughs> What does that look like? So you yeah. can be ready for the morning routine. Yeah, that's the important part, right? Getting ready the night before. Yeah, I pretty much have it down to like a science at this point, I feel like. Um, so I always lay out my clothes the night before. I lay out any food I'm going to eat, um, have my water bottle filled up, have my playlist, like whatever I'm going to watch, I have that picked out. I mean, I take out any obstacle that there could be in the morning it's out of there. And it was funny because for a while I was getting out of bed and I would have to go get my contacts and I would have to get my clothes and things from my bedroom. Well, we moved into a new house and I did not realize how squeaky the floors were in this house until I started trying to go get my stuff in the morning. And then I was waking up the kids and then 
usually it's all over from there, right? I mean, like sometimes yeah, that they facial let me... expression said it all. Yeah, I, I, I just viscerally, I was like, yeah. I know exactly what that facial there goes that alone one hundred percent. Yeah, so I was like, I got to do something different. So I was like, okay, what if I put all my stuff in the bathroom that's downstairs? So I got smart and I put everything out there. I mean, my contacts are down there. Everything that I could possibly need is down there. So the night before I do all that, I lay everything out. And then I even get my, my son is the one that he's my oldest. He's the one that is usually up with me. He's my little buddy in the morning. A lot of times he'll end up waking up and coming down to the treadmill with me. So I even get his little um, iPad out and then I get him a snack usually just in case he wakes up. I bring it down to the basement with me so that I'm set up and he's set up. If he does wake up, then there's no me getting off. He just brings me his iPad. I turn it on for him and he eats a snack and he chills with me while I run. So yeah, it's a lot of planning. Um, <laughs> definitely there's a lot of, uh, you know, you have to think ahead a lot when you're a mother runner. That's for sure. Yeah. It reminds me of what we were talking about before we actually started recording this podcast. Like, I feel like I, all of everything I've learned is trial and error. I can imagine you being like, oh, the snack. <laughs> yes. I forgot the snack. Definitely you know? has happened. <laughs> definitely. All right. So how about bedtime? Yeah. Um, I usually, I am by like, I'm such a morning person. So the morning part's not that hard for me, but by like seven o'clock, like you can ask my husband, I am like a grump. Like I am like, I'm done for the day. I don't want to do anything. Like let's get these kids to bed. And like, I need to go to bed. So I usually try to be in bed by nine o'clock. I mean, I am, I'm usually like asleep by like 9 45, 10 o'clock at the latest. So, and earlier if I can. I mean, it just depends on the kids' bedtimes. But yeah, I try to go to bed pretty early. And then what time does that mean for, for early morning running wake up time? So, I am up anywhere between, I was doing 4 30 for a while. And then I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So, I pushed it back a little bit. But usually by like 4 45, I'm awake and I try to be on the treadmill by like 5, 5 15. Um, Cause that gives me a good chunk of time. Um, my kids are usually starting to wake up around. 6, 6 ish and I like to, you know, after the my runs, I like to go start the breakfast and get their breakfast ready. I hate being rushed, so I like to give myself plenty of time. But yeah, usually by five, I'm on the treadmill. All right. What's the like normal? Whether it's do you go by mileage? Do you go by time? Is there like a cutoff? Like, are, you know, like how do you how do you arrange? You seem like a really good planner. So I guess <laughs> yeah, how do you plan the thing. run? <laughs> Um, I, I go by miles, but I usually just like, I'm like, okay, I know if I'm doing five miles, it'll about take me this long and I want this much time after. So yeah, I just, I work backwards, you know? Um, so if I need an hour on the treadmill, then I work backwards. I know I need to be on, if I want to be done by six, I'll get on by like five ish. And that gives me some wiggle room and things to get everything done. Um, but yeah, I just, I go by miles and I just plan out how much time I think it'll take me and depending on what kind of run it is and things. And I just work from there. So you have, you know, your, your running journey started with a treadmill, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that has been a prime primary staple of your training. When you do run outside, do you notice a big difference? Like for me, like the treadmill was the exact opposite. And again, mm-hmm. it's behind me right now as I'm recording this. This is usually how it is with nobody on it. Um, it's just basically decoration at this point. Um, but you know, what's, what's it like for you about, you know, kind of, um, comparing running outside versus running on the treadmill because I give kudos to you. Yeah. I, an hour on the treadmill first thing in the morning. I I just, I don't know. I I feel like I'd rather run like a a 50 K (laughs) outside. I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but how, how do you compare the two? Yeah. And I feel like most people feel like you, they're like, what are you doing? But, um, I do notice a difference every, like sometimes on my runs. I always try to get my long run done outside, like on the weekends. Like that is like a pretty important thing to me that I'm like at least, at least one run a week has to be outside. And usually that's that long run. And then um, if I'm lucky, sometimes during the week, my mom will come over and I'll do like a midweek longer run outside. But yeah, there have been times where I've been like, you know, I think I need to get a few more runs outside. I'm kind of noticing that this feels a little tougher than it should or, you know, that type of thing. Um, so sometimes that I do feel that, but, um, for the most part it translates, but yeah, there is, there have been a few runs where I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, my legs feel a little weird or, you know, whatever. So I need to kind of try to get a few more runs outside, but in the summer I do try to get out more outside more, which is nice. 
Hey folks, let's talk about Vacation Races. Vacation Races is a running and travel company that helps people explore and enjoy the most scenic places on earth. It's just a remarkable company and a big thing that they are promoting are their global adventures. So they just announced their full calendar for 2024. Currently, they offer 11 different global destinations from Alaska, Costa Rica, Croatia, Ecuador, Iceland, Ireland, Japan, New Zealand, Patagonia, Portugal, and a select and a secret destination. So I guess we'll find out about that later. These are unbelievable week-long adventures that do it's just amazing things. So in, not only are you going to be doing the running and the hiking and all that's associated with vacation races, but the meals and the hotels, they're all accounted for. for the, most, most of the meals and the drinks are all accounted for. The hotels are accounted for. You get a ton of swag. You get the beach hoodie. You get the race shirt, the metal, the Global Ventures trucker hat, um, some VR luggage tags. You got a bunch of stuff as well. All you need to do is sit back, relax, and book your flight. And it's really an incredible, incredible uh, company that if you are interested in doing some adventuring, that you, you can't do better than this place. It really is a remarkable thing. If you're interested in doing one of their global adventures, just go to vacationraces.com and use code RAMBLING200 to save $200 off your global adventures trip. Now, just so, just a heads up, this does not work for any events that are sold out. Also, it's for the global adventures, not their half marathons, ultra marathons, or trail fests. Okay, so that's RAMBLING200 for a $200 off a global adventure. However, if you do want to do the ultra or the half that aren't sold out and you want to save some money on that, you can use code RAMBLING15. Say 15% on any half or ultra marathon that is not currently sold out. So you have two different choices, again, the half or the ultra for RAMBLING15 or the global adventure for $200 off by using code RAMBLING200. All of this is in the show notes. Go check them out today. So how does it, um, how do you compare the pacing, right? Because for like the vast majority of treadmills, if not all of them, Mm-hmm. they're they're not calibrated correctly right mm-hmm. even if they're as soon as they're calibrated they, they fall out of calibration so easily so yeah how do you you know how do you compare your your outdoor miles uh from a pacing perspective to the indoor miles in terms of like are the indoor ones faster or slower or you know you know uh, perceived effort how do you base how do you base that and how do you work off of that um, yeah, I would say I go off of effort for the most part. Um, but for the, tra- the treadmill miles actually tend to feel slower or harder for me. Um, I know some people say that the treadmill feels maybe easier or like they go faster, but yeah, for me, it's a little bit, I always feel like I'm, my pace is a little slower and, um, I do like the treadmill for that because I feel like it forces me to slow down. Sometimes when I'm outside, I get a little excited and, you know, tend to go a little faster than I would like. But with the treadmill, I truly just go off of effort. So it's, I usually end up a little slower, which is nice for those easier runs and things. Um, cause it's a little more controlled and all that. But yeah, I usually just try to go off of effort and I can kind of, I've been doing it so much that I can kind of gauge where I'm at. Like, okay, this feels like this is kind of where my heart rate's at. And this is, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, it's good for that. Like I can, I, it definitely forces me to slow down quite a bit. So that's nice. So is there a certain zone you like to keep your heart rate in? Yeah, I I try to keep it in, you know, that zone two-ish area. My heart rate is, I'm just getting into all that. So I'm just starting to do all that. But yeah, my, um, I try to keep it, I usually it's, I'm in like the, uh, uh, like the 12 to 11 minute pace is where I can find my heart rate is a good, I feel comfortable with where my heart rate's at for to keep that, you know, pace easy and things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's, it's so funny because my treadmill is, I see a little bit slow for mm-hmm. sure, but like, even like you, some watches and I've got like the Coros pod two, which, oh, yeah. um, I think the, the watch indoor treadmill setting, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, <laughs> how, how great it is. Probably feel like it's just as uncalibrated as my treadmill, frankly. Um, <laughs> so maybe you just need to triangulate the two. Um, right. Whereas like the pod two, you can get some or like the stride pods. They say yeah. like they can measure speed at the same time. Like I haven't had great results with that either. And I feel like for me, like that like compounds the frustration of the treadmill in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your tips when someone's maybe 
thinking about picking up more treadmill miles. Uh, but they're kind of like in my school of thinking of like, hey, this isn't this isn't something that I really enjoy, and and running traditionally has been something that like that's been like a fun habit. So, yeah. how do you help people get maybe the joy out of the treadmill uh, that they maybe like to get outside? Um. Well, I know people hear this all the time, but honestly finding a show that you don't normally get to watch, like, especially when you're a parent, I just feel like I look forward to it. Like there are certain shows that I'm like, okay, you can only watch this when you're, when you're on the treadmill. And like my most recent one was love is blind and everyone was posting about it. And I didn't know what happened yet because I hadn't run on the treadmill enough. So I'm like, well, I got to go get some miles in. So I know what happens. So I don't get any spoilers. (laughs) So honestly, it's like such a driving force for me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go get on and I get to watch my show and just zone out and you know, do my own thing for a little bit, watch these shows that I normally don't have time for. So that's like my number one tip is just finding something. And also the other one is hiding, like putting something on, like, so you can't see how long you've been on or how many miles you've gone or whatever, because honestly, like not being able to see that and not staring at it helps a lot. Like not just like watching the time go by. (laughs) Great tips. So this past weekend, you broke two hours and a half, which is a huge achievement. I know it's a big round number that a lot of people strive for. So congratulations. Big Thank kudos you. to you. Over the last six months, since you you know really felt like you, your body had kind of returned to the running body that you had had pre-pregnancy, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that you wanted to do in training or did do in training, I should say, to set yourself up for, for that day? Um, well, my... When I first started getting back to training um, postpartum, the I did a half marathon at, or I did two to half marathons last year, and I just got the miles in. I didn't do any hills, speed work. I was just like, I'm just doing this just to finish. But this training cycle, I was like, okay, I'm feeling good again. I'm feeling like my strength training is there. I'm strength training twice a week. I'm getting that strength back, so I can add in some of that speed work and intervals and hill work and things. So I did a lot more of that this time around. Um, I usually had you know, at least one interval workout a week. And I did race pace miles and things um, within my long runs, which I'd never done that before. Um, So I think that was a big factor, just feeling that pace and holding it and um, adding it into those long runs that helped a lot. Um, So yeah, just doing a little more specific work, I think this time around really, really helped out. And how has your either long run or workout day and and specifically race day nutrition evolved over time? Um, I think I did a lot more carb loading this time around, or I tried to, which helped a lot. And, um, I've, it's kind of, I, so when I first started running, I got like, I was like really crazy about it. So I listened to every podcast I could on it. So I, for my first marathon, I did fuel and things. And I know a lot of people like that's a missing piece for them for their first half marathons or big races. But, um, I always did the fueling and I still do that same fueling method today for my races. Um, and just, I always, you know, eat a good meal before my race. I know exactly what I want to eat the night before I practice that before my long run. So well, you got to tell us what it is. You can't just oh, say yeah, that. I can, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I always do pizza the night before pizza and that's just always worked for me. I know my stomach can handle it. Um, yeah, I do pizza. And then the the morning of, I usually do, I'm a big pop tart girl. Um, (laughs) that's a big thing for me. Or I do a bagel with peanut butter or banana. Um, all right. What flavor of pop tart? I say this because I have, I just got snickerdoodle for the first time. That's That's in my cabinets right now. Oh yeah. I have had that one actually. Now that I think about it, that's pretty good. Um, people get really, people, feel very harsh about this. So I got to be careful. I am, I really like cherry. (laughs) I know people love the brown sugar. That's really good. That's obviously a classic, but I'm like a big cherry. I like the fruit flavors. Um, I think I had strawberry this last weekend before my race. Um, and that was pretty good, but yeah, I'm a, I like the fruit ones. So did you hear about the, now I'm going to go completely. I'm all about the pop tart talk. So, so did you hear this last year? where some dude tried to i think it was a dude it might if it wasn't a dude I'm, i apologize but i'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a dude um uh tried to sue pop tarts claiming that it was false advertising because there weren't actual strawberries in the strawberry pop tarts oh my gosh did he win no oh okay i was like i'm concerned that's no, but, so it, funny. Said, 
<laughs> a lot of these things uh, come up all this these like kind of like ridiculous lawsuits happen all the time. Actually, there's that's one hilarious. right now for that that someone it might even be the same person i think that oh they just gosh. like go bananas yeah they're like, like the what can i get here <laughs> the same person yeah. yeah it they're suing buffalo wild wings for oh. the boneless the boneless buffalo wings saying oh. that like basically basically saying that they're actually chicken nuggets they're not oh boneless gosh. wings that's hilarious wow so basically, well. basically false advertising these are just dressed up chicken nuggets you have to say <laughs> chicken nuggets you can't say you, they, these are not wings this it's not is like not what i chicken wanted wing. it's not like a chicken wing like deboned yeah and then put on a plate you that's know it's just so like a funny. mashup of chicken no i hadn't heard of the pop tart scandal that's hilarious though so interesting <laughs> yeah so i'm I guess yeah. as soon as the podcast came out, I don't know. Yeah. If, these are the podcasts I listen to. No, I, I love the, that. The, the, little, <laughs> so the, ta- the theme of that tangent. Well, um, you, you would think I'd know that, how much Pop-Tarts I talk about. So, <laughs> Well, I, I guess if he won, it would have been like more widely known. Yeah, right. But no one, no one assumes that there's actual strawberries in those, right? Like you right. don't buy them thinking like, all right, like right. I got my half a whole serving strawberry. Of fruit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm not eating it because I think it's super healthy. No. <laughs> right, that's like being like, hey, so saying, hey, this cherry pie isn't improving my health. What gives? Right, right. right. <laughs> that's so funny. Right. Yeah. I cut you off. All right, so how about no, in-race nutrition? Um, I use the Cliff uh, Blocks. Which it's so funny because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done goose. They're fine. I mean, I can, I have a pretty strong stomach, so I can handle quite a bit. But um, yeah, I like the blocks. I feel like they're kind of like candy. Um, A lot of people have trouble chewing them, I know, because they're kind of annoying to chew on the run. And you're kind of like, I do feel like when I'm chewing them, I look, I probably look ridiculous because I'm like barely breathing and I'm like trying to run and chew them at the same time. I feel like time. I look like Shrek because oh, like yeah. I'm like mouth yeah. breathing while chewing exactly. the whole time. Exactly. Yep. And I think on Sunday when I raced, I probably looked extra ridiculous because I was, I did have a little bit of stomach issues on Sunday. Um, so I was like, probably like I was choking them down. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely look like Shrek. <laughs> I would say, and I didn't mean to say that you look like Shrek. I was saying oh, no. I look like Shrek. I'm sure. Oh no, I do. <laughs> No, I do. <laughs> I'm calling myself out here. <laughs> and I would say I definitely have that issue with them. And I yes. think the other issue that like just from an annoyance perspective that like basically pushed me out of the the gummy category, even though like mm-hmm. as a candy, I love gummy kind of candy. Yeah. Like I can yeah. eat Starburst for the whole day. day. In fact, yeah. I, I think I have done that on occasion. <laughs> Absolutely. Starburst for an entire day. Um, but it's more like if, if like it gets into my teeth. Mm-hmm. And then I can't get it out. And like, that's yes. all now, now that's all I'm thinking about. That has like, been. All right, I got to get this little piece of gummy n- yep. nonsense that's stuck like in like the crevice of my molar. Yep. And I'm like using my tongue to try to fish it out the whole time. Yep. That has been an issue before. Yeah. They're definitely, um, not everyone loves them. I, it's just what I've, I've always used and I've been used to them and things. So it's just always worked for me. And I usually look forward to eating them while I'm on the run. I'm like, oh, like it's my break for my little snack. <laughs> like This is exciting. So um, yeah, they've worked for me. So I probably will continue to use them. There you go. Let's yeah. talk about pacing. So how did, okay. how did you approach the day from a strategy perspective and what did the execution look like? Um, so I knew I was gonna, you know, I wanted to go out slow and, you know, I didn't want to go out too fast and things. That was my biggest concern was that I was gonna go out too fast. Um, but it ended up working out perfect because I went out and I ended up being in right with the 930 pace group, um, which they were amazing. Um, they were so encouraging. I never ran with like a pace group, like at all. And the women that were running with that group were just like the most encouraging, like we were going up hills and she was like screaming, like, you know, you can do this and things and just so sweet. And I was kind of sad to leave them, but, um, I think I only stayed with them for like maybe the first like two, two and a half miles. And then I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, kind of pull ahead and see what I can do. And so I just, um, wanted to stay right within that, like anywhere from, I was hoping to be at like a 906, um, like average pace. So I was just kind of sticking right in there. And I ended up kind of um, running with this one girl for like a big chunk of the race. And um, we didn't, we never spoke or anything, but she was a huge encourager for me because we kind of just were that same pace. And I just like, just stick with her, you know, Um, and she ended up taking off at the end, but she, uh, she definitely kept me in it because 
it was a tough race for me mentally. Um, even at like mile four or five, I was like, Ooh, I don't have it today. Like it's not coming together. I just felt like my pace felt harder than it should. And I was like, I just, you know, I just want to enjoy the day. We'll see what happens. Just, you know, keep, keep knocking off the miles and, um, keep at the pace that, you know, feels like you can hold on to. And that was right around like a nine, 10 pace. It felt like for most of it, but, um, yeah, that was kind of my plan was just kind of go out easy and then pick it up and uh, try to hold on. Yeah, and you certainly did because here yeah. you are, you know, bringing down the, the, the sub two hour half marathon, which is a huge accomplishment. Morgan, thank you so much for diving into all of this. Yes, now, thank you. We're going to dive into a little shoe talk. Oh, yeah, right. I'm ready. <laughs> so we got our, our five shoe teaching. questions from Running Warehouse. All right. So um, I know you have a little interesting take on shoes. So we'll yeah. we'll do, we'll do give a little context as we go. We'll, it won't just be question and answer. We'll give some yeah. context. So I guess first one is, what is your favorite daily trainer? Okay, so I like the Ghost 14 from Brooks. Um, that's what I use for this training cycle um, for most of it uh, for like just easy training runs and yeah, I'm a Brooks girl. So <laughs> that's what I use. What about, what about the, the ghost 14 is the biggest, the, like the, the thing that you like most about it? I just feel like they were comfortable. I could put down a lot of miles on them. They never bothered me. Um, yeah, I just, they just felt the best on my, on my feet from treadmill and outside, which is nice. Because sometimes it can yeah, feel they seem low. like a really durable shoe. Yeah, it just felt like there was no fuss there or anything like that. They were just easy, and I just always felt good in them, even outside or inside. So that was nice. All right, let's talk about your favorite race day shoe. Um, so the ones I just went, I just raced in were the Brooks Launch Nine, which I really, really liked. Um, yeah, and it was funny because this one, this race was the first race that I raced in shoes that were actually a full size bigger than my like normal shoe size. Like usually I do like half a size, but I decided to go like a full, you know, full size bigger than my normal shoe size. And obviously it worked and paid off because it felt great <laughs> and my feet felt great. And um, yeah, it was the first time I had done that. So that that helped a lot. Interesting. I've never heard that before, but mm-hmm. I will say the, the launch nine is a kind of a definitely more of a slim down yes. uh, shoe for Brooks. Yes. Yes. So yep. do you like, did you pick that one for the race because it was lighter or quicker or what was I the liked, decision? I liked the lightness. I like a light shoe. Yeah, definitely. I like, um, I liked the lightness for it and it felt, yeah, definitely because of that. So tell me about this sizing up thing. I've never done that before. I don't think I've heard about doing that before. Yeah. For like for, for half marathons. Yeah, I just, um, well, and the crazy thing is, is like during pregnancy and things like your feet, like change so much, I feel like. So that was kind of a learning curve for me. Um, I felt like my feet maybe even got a little like wider or bigger. So, um, when I was like trying on shoes for this half marathon, like trying to figure out what I wanted to wear, I was like trying on shoes and I'm like, geez, like these feel like they fit like pretty good actually. So, um, I ended up being like, you know what, I'm going to try, I'm going to try a bigger size and see how that goes. And so I did, and I never had issues. I never like got blisters or anything like that or had any feet issues. Um, so yeah, I was like, well, I guess we're going to go with this size. So I think maybe pregnancy maybe played a part in it too. Just needing that bigger size. That's a great point. And I think Mm -hmm. something for people to remember too, about like not being like completely, you know, you know, die hard about a certain size. Exactly. For no other reason, a lot of brands are different. Exactly. From a half size perspective, but even Mm -hmm. as you get older, like I know know my my, my feet have grown over over time. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What shoe or has there been a shoe for you that you really loved, like you were really loved, you really wanted to buy, but ultimately just didn't work for you? Um, Okay. So this kind of goes back to the pregnancy thing. So when I was pregnant, I used, um, Hoka's and, um, I used the Clifton's and then I think the first one I got was the Clifton seven and I really liked it while I was pregnant. So when I was postpartum, I was like, Oh, like I'm going to get the Hoka Clifton eights and I tried them and I ended up not loving them when I wasn't pregnant. So I don't know, again, you kind of have to factor in like my, you know, 
you know, form was probably different when I was pregnant and things, but it's just interesting how, um, yeah, I didn't love them when I wasn't, you know, pregnant anymore. So, and again, the shoe sizing thing was a little bit weird again. So, um, yeah, I didn't love them, but I would be, I kind of want to try Hoka's again though, because I feel like I didn't give them a fair shot. <laughs> there you go. All right. What was the first running shoe that you were just absolutely loved? <laughs> oh, I love this question because, um, I feel like running shoes are so funny because you kind of like get a weird emotional bond to them. Um, and this was like my first half marathon shoe that I wore. It was the Brooks Launch 7s, the 4th of July version. <laughs> um, I still have those shoes. I feel like I remember running my last run in them and like being emotional about it, which is something only a runner will understand. <laughs> but yeah, those were my first and favorite shoe. That's a great one. All right. Last one. If money was no object and you could choose any shoe out there, what shoe would it be? Okay, so I don't have a specific shoe, which I know is kind of lame, but as someone who I told you this, I'm not great with the shoe world. I need to get better. I need to like get some education on it, but I just want to try more brands. So I know like Nike has some like very cool ones, or um, I really like the Asics, like the I don't know. I don't even know what they're called, but like just, I just want to try new brands. And I know like even like New Balance has some really cool ones. So yeah, that's my goal this year is to try new brands, like and venture out from like just Brooks and things. Cause I just haven't tried a lot. And I just, I feel like I need to get one of every brand at this point. <laughs> so has it been like, Hey, Brooks works for me. I'm going to stick yeah, with that for now. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I've just been like, you know what, that works. And, and like I said, I haven't, I've been running for what, three years. So it's not that long. So, um, and, and when I started running, it was pandemic time. So I wasn't going into shoe stores. I just was like, I got to order something online, you know? So I need to venture out and try new brands. <laughs> Speaking of that, again, this, these, uh, these segments are brought to you by Running Warehouse, a great place to buy there shoes online. In fact, you can buy more than one and return a pair. If like, they're like, hey, got three, going to choose one, try on a couple, send them back. They probably don't appreciate me saying that, but hey, it's a free return policy and that's the way it goes. So the links to all of those shoes are going to be in the show notes. Uh, maybe not the Clifton 8s since you said you didn't like them, but all the other ones will be in the show notes as well. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank I really appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Also, that breakout clip where Morgan and I talk about all of her shoes at the end. All of those breakout clips are now going to be videos as well over on YouTube. You can go to the Rambling Runner YouTube channel to check them out today. Also, thank you to Vacation Races for sponsoring this episode. So many amazing destination races that they have. It is truly fantastic what they're doing over vacation races go check them out today you see the two different codes in the show notes for whether it's you know, you're going abroad doing international trip versus more of like the half marathon domestically all of that's in the show notes also if you're looking to hire a coach for your running to be the your best self your best athletic self i'm here for you so just shoot me an email, ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always find me over on Instagram at rambling underscore runner. Thank you so much for listening and happy running.